Hey everybody, what's going on? Mark here with a quick announcement before we get started with this week's episode. We got a live show coming up. We do. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be Saturday, June 29th, 5 p.m. at the Thirsty Pug here in Auburn, New York. It is located at 100 Genesee Street in the Genesee Street Plaza near Mesa Grande. So uh, for those of you in town that know where it is, check it out. For those of you that don't, there's an event page on Facebook. You can go there, get the directions if you so want to uh, do that. And uh, yeah, we talked about it for a little while, and Chris uh, yeah. pulled some strings to make it happen. So. How much is this escapade going to cost our good oh, listeners? It's going to be free. <gasps> free? It's a free live show. Unfathomable. For free, you can go I to know. the Thirsty Pug and watch this recorded podcast. The, for live. the very first time in front of an audience. So really, all we can promise is beards, monsters, and access to beer. Yeah, totally. Yes. And we're just going to do our level best. God bless us. I think it's going to be one and all. A, I think it's going to be really good. I got I'm a, just I'm just trying to keep real, the expectations reasonable. I got a good feeling about this, Robert. It's going to be fun. It's going to be. Real. I'm stoked. So again, that is going to be Saturday, June 29th, 5 p.m. Uh, at the Thirsty Pug, Gen- 100 Genesee Street, here in Auburn, New York. No cover, free show, Kryptonite Podcast live, and it's at a beer live. shop. Yeah. So bring money because it's a delicious yep. craft beer shop where you can buy beer, drink beer while you listen, there you and go. then continue to have beer for home or wherever the next step of your journey is. That is true. Yeah, and we'll be there hanging out, you know, uh, before the show and after the show. So, uh, you know, come by and say hi. Yeah, we'll have a little Q&A. Yeah, and, totally. you know, maybe be hanging out. Who knows? Yeah, totally. So there you have it. Without further ado, Christopher Q. That creepy music. Welcome to the Kryptonaut Podcast. I'm Mark Storrs, and with me as always is... Chris Carter's Alec. And... Rob Morphy. Thank you all for joining us so very much. We are on the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check us out there. Facebook fan group. Check it out. It's dope. It is dope. It's pretty cool. The, the link dopest. will be in the description of this podcast. You can uh, you can join. Uh, the... Uh, what else we got? Oh, Patreon. We do. Kryptonaut... Po- or, I'm sorry. Patreon.com slash Kryptonaut Podcast. Didn't do the weird tongue thing there, did I? No, you actually said the word podcast. Goes into some weird unknown accent. I'm not sure where I get it from. So yeah, Patreon, and thank you also very much to our patrons. We appreciate it so very much. We appreciate it so very much. And uh do, 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 I think that's everything we have to announce in the beginning. I think it is. Oh, real quick, this episode, Chris, unfortunately, <laughs> is suffering a voice malfunction. Oh, God. Yeah, he so, was broken. Yeah, his, his, well, his, you his, know, voice, we'll his voice is shot. So Shockingly, Chris, a drinking incident. Yeah, I was going to say, Chris, real Jesus quick, why don't, why don't we uh, tell the good listeners at home how you lost your voice? I drowned in booze. <laughs> That's <laughs> Pretty much. So you actually drank yourself and did not having a voice. Dude, I, I don't know if maybe it was acid reflux. Oh, that no, That just really? kind of popped up in the oh, night, no. but like it feels like it's... like. It's fucking injury. <laughs> Sometimes when you make out with an abyss creature that's actually made of vodka, yeah, I mean, you survive, but when you, parts of you don't. Yeah, when you injure your actually, voice from booze, I yeah, mean, what happens? it happens. I, it's never happened to me. I pray it never does, but you have nothing but mad empathy coming from this source. Yeah, that's you know, for sure. let's hope it heals. Uh, this could be the new me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get over this hump. I think so. I well, think we you know, if it doesn't, whatever. have you tried lozenges? 
I've not tried a lozenge. See? Yeah. But it's like it's here. So a lozenge Ooh, really? is not oh, going to hurt. It's not going to help. Oh, yeah. I can feel it. Oh, like man, it, really? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's maybe like, it's acid. Were you screaming it's irritated a lot there. in like a drunken <laughs> frenzy? Were you blitzkrieging? <laughs> here's, here's what I do know. I know that I don't remember most of the night. So there could have been some sing-alongs. There could have been some mayhem. Oh, no, I we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, which is oh, the, the, the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, were you screaming and I got during fucking Dungeons obliterated. and Dragons? Dude, there was just cans everywhere of just some world-class shit, and oh, you're not no. paying attention. You're playing D and D, and you're drinking beers, and then you lost your. Then it was time to go. I'm like, I need to go home now because I can't even stand barely. Oh no, I'm so fucked up, dude. Really? No, I could stand, but like, look, like nothing. I could not focus on anything. And I'm just oh, like, no. yeah, it was a great time trying to not be hammered. <laughs> <laughs> and then the I, I got home and I just don't remember what it's happened. It's the worst. When you actually drink so much, you get to the point where you're like, I have to act like I'm not drunk. Oh, my yeah, God. That's terrible. You're that's just, just it is you. horrible. Oh, you're faking sobriety when you know you're fooling no one, least of all yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think I, got, I think I went beyond drunk to where maybe I was drunk. Not acting drunk because I was so drunk. Oh, you drink so much you get oh, sober. Transcendent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to sober and then got like drunk again. Like oh. it was like super drunk. Yeah, bam hammer. Yeah, I remember when I was in my younger days. The uh, the words of wisdom from our older drinking friends were drink through the spins. Oh yeah. When you get the spins, just drink through them because eventually you black out. Which is, I guess, helping exactly who. I mean, I because if you drink through the spins, yeah, you're drinking it's directly gross. into the pukes, and then eventually the blackout saying. mayhem. I always skip the pukes and go right. To, I just go right to the. I'm gonna my like I like my body shuts down. Three, two, one, boom, and then I'm just I'm I flatline. Wow, it's probably like the national anthem. It's in probably right? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't happen. I wouldn't be surprised if I was. Just, I just maybe something came up in my sleep or something in the in the. Oh really? Yeah. There's some biological oh, actual acid damage to your fucking voice box, dude. You've, I'm sure oh, we've all I, puked enough, and you know how your throat 100%. feels. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. kind of scratchy. Well, especially it, if like, it's pure unmitigated bile and like yeah, just gastric juices. There you go. Yeah. And that is, so it sort of feels like that. So I'm like, did I did I oh. puke and swallow in the night? I don't know. You had fucking Venus's atmosphere <laughs> so covering in your throat, gargling fucking oh, thousands of God. gallons of beer and bile. <laughs> Uh, and that is uh, your week in alcoholic uh, oh, Jesus. accidents, uh, an alcoholic accident, I guess. Uh, injuries, perhaps. He's on our injured reserve list. Let's just call so. it an incident and leave it at that. There you go. That's, that's your week in the incident <laughs> yeah. for the Kryptonaut Podcast. But this week, we're talking about Jeff. 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 <laughs> no, seriously. So nondescript. We're not kidding. Jeff. And it's it's not your traditional Jeff. No. It's G-E-F Jeff. All right. Well, let's It's get... also not traditional for other reasons, which we will be soon approaching and let's get started with in the early 1930s a family of three from the idyllic isle of man had a series of bizarre and ostensibly supernatural encounters with a highly intelligent perversely witty and decidedly vexatious varmint of unknown origin this wee beastie infested their home and held these unfortunate individuals under its occasionally amusing sometimes helpful and oft times ominous influence for the better part of a decade. That's an awful long time. That's an awful lot of words. Jeez. Yeah, it is. Vexatious varmint. You gotta love it. I Here know. it is. This is just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is calling so it. quick. It's bullshit. Know, You're not there calling you it right after the I, intro. No. All right. Well, I don't, I don't time right now. My my voice is going. My life's going. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Robert, so bring us uh, to the uh, the Isle of Man. Let's do it. All right. And let's start, as we must, with where the fuck that is. Cool. Nestled in the Irish Sea, midway between England and Ireland, is a tiny self-governing British Crown dependency called the Isle of Man. Don't you love that phrase, British Crown dependency? Yeah, what does that I mean? Just, I don't like, know. What they, I just know that's do? what Depend it is. on the British Crown. Yeah. Okay. Like, cool. truly... It owes everything. I mean, aren't we all in some way, shape, or form dependent I don't on think the British we're crown? We're no longer dependent, but it was an un. Uh, okay. acri- it was an acrimonious. What was that old movie with Drew Barrymore? Irreconcilable differences when oh, she divorced what, her parents. I don't oh, know why I remember right. that. Okay, well, but whatever. All right. That's what we have. Cool. This mountainous pastoral island is peppered with medieval castles and crumbling stone structures, which make it appear to the tourists to be a mystical, almost brigadoon-like realm that has been all but lost to time. As tranquil and charming as the setting may be, for one family, this picturesque countryside would serve as the backdrop for a nightmarish odyssey that was initiated, innocently enough, with a handful of intriguingly odd occurrences that originated in 1931. So now we got a town. Oh, some flappers. Indeed. The incidents began in a gloomy two-story oil-lit stone farmhouse. That's just best kind as fuck. Yeah. That had been erected on an isolated hillside overlooking the sea. The farmstead, known to the locals as Dorlish Cashin, which is just sounds right. Awesome. Is it from Game of Thrones? It really sounds like it, doesn't it? Or like that's like the name of like a, a third tier Highlander or yeah, something. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's Wicked Gaelic. But what it literally translates to is Cashin's Gap. So whatever this okay. Cashin okay. was the area. And there's and it's a, a gap. There's a gap. Cashin's Gap, as it were, loomed some 750 feet above the village of Glen May. And in 1916, James Irving and his wife Margaret purchased the stone structure where James endeavored to try his hand at farming. It turns out that James did not have the greenest of thumbs, but at least he proved himself to be fertile when in 1919 his wife gave birth to their daughter, Voire. So he can't plant a crop, but he can plant a seed? He can plant oh, a seed. Oh, he's getting and bringing it home. And I'm going to say this for the record. I don't know if her name's actually pronounced Voire. It's V-O-I-R-R-E-Y. It's cool sounding name. But this is also the guy that read the first Harry Potter book with the lead character being uh, Hermione. Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> Really? Yeah. yeah, I like that. I had no idea That's what Hermione cool. was. Well, yeah, cool, right. Well, I, I, Hermione? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. The same Do you thing. know how many things I read that I have no idea how to actually like pronounce them, and then someone says it, and I'm like, I knew that. And I seem a little ashamed. I'm not going to even tell you what some of them are. I won't Cat. do it. <laughs> Taco. Oh, I know. Taco. Chair. <laughs> yeah. Really? Beer. The list is long. Yeah, it is. All right. So we're going to go with Voire. Okay, that sounds good. Voire. Absolutely. It's a beautiful name. Although the Irving family lived modestly, subsisting on wild game and whatever they managed to grow in the rocky soil, by every account, they were a happy, stable family. That was until their lives were suddenly turned upside down by the arrival of a tiny, animalistic home invader, which would come to be known simply as Jeff. Just, it's what you'd expect. An animal that invades your home to be named. Well, yeah. Jeff, yeah. The following seven-year sequence of progressively peculiar interactions between the Irvings and this potentially paranormal pest began, as so many incredible incidents do, inconsequentially. The first sign of Jeff's arrival occurred one evening sometime in September of 1931, when James heard an odd tapping noise coming from within the boarded-up attic. 
When he went into the attic to inspect the scene the following morning, he discovered a small wood carving that he had made, but could give no rational account of how it could have made its way into the sealed room. Weird. Someone Definitely. someone just grabs your wood carving and just puts it in a room as like... In a sealed room. Ta-da. I mean, it's one yeah. thing if you... I, I don't know where he put his whitlands. Right. I mean, I have no idea how proficient and or how prolific he was at right. carving things. But to end up in a room that's sealed, Weird. that you have to unseal okay. to yeah. find it, All right. that's fucked up. Strange. The following evening, the entire family, including the now 12-year-old Voiré, heard a series of unsettling, bestial noises emanating from within the walls of their home. James would later describe the racket, stating, We heard animal sounds, barking, growling, hissing, spitting, and perhaps most erotically... Blowing. Whoa. Though, is it a, I'm pretty sure they mean panting. Is it like a kinky possum or something? No, I think Are it's just, sure? I think it's huffing and puffing, but come on. Yeah, it could be possum. Just saying. You don't want to hear blowing in your walls. No, Being an old rural farmhouse, James naturally assumed that some small regional critter, like a mouse or a weasel, had become trapped within the decaying walls and further supposed that it would either perish or leave of its own accord. They would not be so lucky. The unnerving scurrying sound continued for weeks, increasing in both volume and intensity. The Irving family's frustration soon blossomed into full-fledged infuriation when the bizarre screeches and footfalls began to emerge from the ceilings above their bedrooms at night. So this is turning into like a situation. It's a situation. And you can't help but to think at this point of the fictional account based loosely on the real life account that William Peter Blatty was writing about, which was the exorcist where it started off with uh, the McNeil's thinking there were rats mm-hmm. in the attic oh, yeah. scurrying around yeah. and then Hans or Fritz or whatever their, yeah. you know, German groundskeeper was up there saying, no, I put up traps. There's nothing there. The so devil. it smacks of that. Okay. I'm not saying it is the devil, but I'm certainly not saying it isn't. Don't take him off the table. When the fearful family started to hear ominous scratching noises in the walls just behind their slumbering heads, as if the ill-conceived critter were trying to dig its way out for purposes too terrible to imagine, sleep became all but impossible, especially for Voiré. Finally, on the day of October 20th, 1931, James and Voiré finally caught their first fleeting glimpse of the creature that had been responsible for all of the commotion. The eyewitnesses described their unwanted guest as being rat-like, approximately five to nine inches long, with small ears, a pushed-in face, and hand-like front paws with three fingers and a thumb. Oh, three fingers and a thumb's kind of weird. Yeah. A little bit. All right. They further stated that its coat had patches of yellow and brown hair and that its hindquarters bore a long, bushy, squirrel-like tail speckled with black dots. That is some fucking old school Dr. Seuss bullshit yeah, that's right what it there. Sounds like, yeah. like fucking yellow and brown patches, yeah, black polka weird, dots. Weird digits. Fucking wow. The two were unable to identify the beast, but James got a good enough look to know that it was not a species endemic to the Isle of Man. Following this chance sighting, the animal's diabolical racket continued well into the icy months of December when this inexplicable creature did the most terrifying thing imaginable. It began to learn. My God, it can learn. It can learn. Oh, no. I I guess. It apparently does more than I do, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's no big deal. This sudden change in demeanor began with a terrifying auditory incident. 
The Irvings claimed that out of the blue, a thunderous cracking sound shook Dorlish Cashin to its stone foundations, vibrating the home so vigorously that pictures fell off the walls and some furniture shifted positions. Did this thing like launch a bomb or something? Like, like, a like, fucking, like, like a It's like a sonic boom, except it's 1931. <laughs> okay. Sonic boom. So <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guiles your basement. Which is not, you know, <clears throat> what you'd expect. I mean, you have an animal invader. You're not expecting. Maybe it's fucking all of them. I mean, black powder or something. Perplexed and frightened by the sudden seismic event, the family's unease only increased as the shaking was immediately followed by gurgling sounds coming from the walls, then strings of recognizable syllables which sounded similar to a baby child beginning to talk. This was trailed by a bark which James asserted had, quote-unquote, a pleading note to it. So it's talking? It's bark, well, bark, bark, or it's bark, trying to talk? Talking. Similar to a baby child beginning to talk was right. the quote. Okay, weird. Yeah. All right. And then a pleading bark. I don't know. I don't want, I mean, I've heard a lot of barks from various animals. Only Scooby-Doo was like, let's get the fuck out of here, but I can't do the voice. No, that was perfect. Thank you. Yeah, no, I nailed it. (laughs) You did, you got it. (laughs) Perfectly. Hey, guys, let's fucking leave. Oh, my God, that is Scooby. Excellent Scooby. (laughs) Shaggy, let's get the fuck out of here. All right. Can we all agree I can't do impressions? Can we be okay with this? It's fine. fine. Chris, would you please do the Scooby impression? The pleading bark. I have no idea. Come on. You can actually do that. Yeah, you can. Actually, you can, yeah. I I can't do a Scooby. I do a version of yours, and mine are terrible, and yours are generally pretty good. And then I just happy you, and I suck. But whatever. I can't even copy well. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah. That's my issue that I have to deal with on my own. You time. have to carry this. I cannot talk. And I'm trying. I can't. I need you. Following. <laughs> <laughs> Following this episode, James decided to try an experiment. Whenever he heard their unwelcome visitor rummaging within the woodwork, James would make a sound similar to a dog or cat. And the thing would imitate the noise, albeit at a higher pitch which indicated to James that whatever this animal may have been, it possessed a very small throat. That's pretty specific. That's very, very specific. Yeah. Displaying what must be categorized as an astonishing, if not terrifying, rats of nim type learning curve, it would be a matter of weeks before the baby babbling dramatically evolved and the Irvings began to hear what sounded like mumbling and the rudimentary formation of words issuing from the wall. I just want to say this. If this escalation is going on, at what point do you say we need to get a guy with like a trap, maybe, to see if we can catch this thing? I think you will or, see okay. very soon what level escalation that okay. this requires. Because it seems yeah. like I mean, I've had I've had mice in my house. I had we had a chipmunk incident at one point. Like sure, birds come in my house from my cat bringing. You got to deal with them. Well, once you hear the scratching and like little things oh, like know, that, you're I'm, gonna I'm all you're over gonna that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I told you guys this, but. Right before my niece came back home from school, I got a call from my nephew, mm-hmm. and he still lives uh, with my sister, mm-hmm. and they got a little tiny baby now, one years old, my little great nephew, Liam, who's adorable, and his girlfriend, and uh, and above my niece's bedroom, there was scurrying, but there was heavy stepping sounds. So Ooh, Was it a raccoon? I, I came up, well, I don't know if it was oh, a raccoon or not, no. but I called the cops, and I'm like, listen, here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. I understand that this is probably an animal control issue, um, but this is really feeling like a bad Japanese urban legend. (laughs) So the police this? Yes. I said, I understand. I understand it's just fucked from word go. Just imagine being the dispatcher. You're like, but the fuck is oh, this? Yeah, no, this guy, this guy had no idea. And I'm thinking to myself, thank God you don't even know who I am because you'd be even more fucking sketched out. But I'm like, there is heavy 
like it seems like bipedal stepping above me. <laughs> Plus, screaming the walls. And scre- no, I'm telling you, I, I don't I, know. I, I, like, I, if it was walking on four legs, it was taking its sweet time. Because it'd be like bump, bump, pause, bump, bump. Yeah. And I'm like, that's bipedal. All right, listen. But first, I didn't say it was. I said I know it's probably not some weird fucking hermit living in their attic. But there's a baby in the house, and the mom is scared. <laughs> Maybe it is a weird and hermit. So I need you to come and take a look around the perimeter of this house to make sure there are no fucking gaping human-sized holes. First of all, don't call the cops. Call me. Uh, it was like three I'm in the morning. The guy you, oh. I'm the guy you want at three in the morning. I'm the guy uh, you want really? on that wall. Well, I'm your guy. If, heaven for I haven't even told Peyton this, by the way. If she knew the shit was going on above oh, her room, dude, she yeah, never no, would have no, come home from no. college. All right. So all right. I, I thank God she does not listen to this podcast. Right. Well, regardless, next yeah. time that shit happens, Robert, you so call me. So we've all had attic issues is all the right. point. You call me. And at what point do you fucking call the police concerned and say... If this gets out of hand, I want there to be an official record of it. I couldn't help as I was sitting there. I actually told him because we were holding knives. I said, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna put these knives down because we don't want to die in the dumbest way possible, and we're not gonna, we're gonna have them gone before the officers here." But everyone's scared enough, and we even like peeked into like the crawl space because it's one of those things oh, where there's a panel no. in the middle of the living room. I hate, space. Wood, I hate those. Yeah, those are the worst. All right. All right. Well, so, probably a raccoon. Maybe Probably. Satan spawn. Right, let's get back to it. But next time, Robert, you call me. I promise. I'll yeah, Mike will just shoot holes in your ceiling. No, I don't looking. have guns. Don't need guns. I have bats and knives. Dude, Which you just good, go good, to good Walmart. Good. And they pretty much throw them at people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want one. I'm like, hey, you want a gun? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Here you go. There's a dagger. Yeah, I can get my dagger on there. Oh, all right. Well, if you promise to bring your Walmart dagger, it's <laughs> on. I do, too. I got a bunch of Walmart machetes. Oh, Jesus a temp- Like a wall dagger. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, back to the episode. After a few more weeks of random knockings and elementary word-like utterances, James turned to his wife in exasperation and exclaimed, What in the name of God can he be? It would be at that moment that the already strange phenomenon took a distinct turn towards the bazaar when from the walls a squeaky voice, which was said to be two octaves above that of a quote-unquote normal woman, I don't know how specific that is, repeated, what in the name of God can he be? The creature is now repeating words back to you like a fucking parrot. Yeah. These were to be oh, the first boy. recognizable words spoken by the weasel-like creature. Okay. Following this incredible interspecies linguistic breakthrough, the animal began to learn new words at an alarming pace. In less than a week, Jeff, as he wished to be identified, that's that's his call. <laughs> they ain't just like it's not like a family pet in the walls. They're just like, please call me Jeff. Thank like, you. Like, who are you? Je- Jeff. Name's Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> nice to meet you. Jeff was engaging in full-on dialogues with his human hosts. He even asserted that although he'd been capable of understanding human language for quite a while, he did not actually learn how to speak until after he took up residence with the Irving family. But once he'd grasped the English vernacular, he quickly began to pick up snippets of other dialects, including German, French, Spanish, Yiddish, Flemish, and Hebrew. How the fuck, really? Hebrew? How's he... Seriously? That's the deal. Dude, I passed Latin twice really well. Oh, well. Failed English and didn't even try Spanish. <laughs> Seriously. There I'm, you go. I'm, and also, I felt Italian. So, you too. know, the origin of the language is just not I, the one you yeah, choose I to can't speak. fucking speak. Them. That's fair. You know, I had to actually look up Flemish. What I didn't realize is it was uh, 
the second language of Belgium and that mm. people in the northern part of the country and in the southern part of France speak this variation of the Dutch language. Oh, cool. That's the Flemish. Okay, the Flemish. I thought it was a country called Flemington, <laughs> but I was wrong. Yeah. Is that, what they, is that what they speak in Fleming is Flemish? Not, not according to Wikipedia. Okay. All right, just checking. The furry red fiend even bragged that he had traveled widely throughout the island, eavesdropping on other households and learning new words and phrases from them. So, you know, he's not just one family kind of mystical fucking weasel thing. Okay, all right. To prove his point, Jeff regaled the Irving family with gossip and private information about their neighbors. Oh, he's dropping hot gas on people? Oftentimes scandalous knowledge they otherwise would not have and frequently did not want to know. This thing's just a fucking asshole. Dirty. (laughs) He sounds kind of fun, actually. No, it's like, hey, did you hear what fucking Bill did? You hear about fucking Jerry? (laughs) You hear about Jerry? I I know you don't want to know. Jerry jerking off uh, in the barn, you hear about that? Wow. Yeah. Do you really think that was one of the pieces? He's like, fucking Jerry's cranking it out in the barn. And you're like, don't tell me, but tell me more. Yeah, dude, he's fucking dropping hot gas. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know, dude. In the beginning. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you don't care about hot gossip? Nothing? No, he doesn't want, you know. Yeah, a, really? This a, is the 30s. They mongoose. spoke different back then. And they probably did, yeah. And, and it's like, the Isle of Man. Eh, fucking <laughs> whack whacking it in the fucking band over there. <laughs> <laughs> I love your New York accent. He spoke with that fucking <laughs> touching his fucking pita. You fucking guys listen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it works great with your lack of a voice. Yeah, there you go. This might be a case of Big Lou. We might need to we might need to bring really? Big Lou out for this. Yeah. Oh God, can you? Because if he was there, he'd be like, "Kill that fucking creature now," and that would be it. There'd be no discussion. In the beginning, the family was more curious than concerned, and they endeavored to teach their extraordinary house guest nursery rhymes. You know, fun family-friendly shit. But to Margaret's chagrin, they soon discovered that Jeff took great joy out of singing bawdy songs and telling jokes of a type that were not only unacceptable in polite company, but utterly inappropriate for her young daughter's ears. Please tell me he's oh God, like, he there once was a man asshole. from Nantucket. Oh, no. <laughs> Please tell I mean, me what kind of bawdy songs that. do they have in the early 1930s? Yeah, really, that's that's gotta saying. be limericks yeah, and like, whatnot. What, what's it gonna be like? Her breasts were so low. There is, like, one, <laughs> there is one note that I stumbled across. I and, know, and, and by the way, there's like... Hundreds of page books written about this. Oh, please I just, tell me it's something really funny. Things. It is, and I don't even know, I don't know what the words are. I didn't know it existed. Right. A dirty version of Home on the Range <laughs> was one of his favorite ditties. I swear to the baby. Okay. I don't know how you even uh, dirtify yeah, it. What do you do? I don't know like, how you Andrew Dice Clay that fucker oh, up. Oh, man. But somehow Jeff managed to. <laughs> home on the Range. Hey! <laughs> Good Lord. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's all I can do for Dice Clay for that. That's all I can do. Well play. That's all you got. That's it. While the creature was occasionally perverse, more often than not, he was simply <laughs> rude. As when James opened his daily newspaper one morning, only to be greeted by the shrill cry of, Read it out, you fat-headed gnome. <laughs> oh, See, that sounds more like a thirties. No, that sounds diss. yeah, that is a, yeah, definitely. I Absolutely, guess I, I I can't do thirties lingo because I don't know what the fuck it is. But yeah. or when he insulted Margaret by claiming, "I've been to nicer homes than this: carpets, pianos, satin covers on polished tables." I'm going back there. Ha ha ha! Laughed. Yeah. Wow. Wow, Dick. Yeah, well, you're gonna seriously. really you're gonna diss the polishing on the tables. They live in a fucking rock, basically, that's been yeah. hollowed out on the peak of the haunted yeah. gap. Would you leave poor Margaret alone? Kind of funny. <laughs> Jesus. 
When James asked who or what Jeff was, the creature first identified himself as a ghost in the form of a weasel. Oh, well, there you go. Episode over. Yep, ghost there in the it form is. Of a weasel. So now we know. There you go. Wrap it up. Boom. Any questions, uh, please address them to Mark in the social medias. Okay. But in what would become a hallmark of this inscrutable being's contrarian nature, he would later deny that he was a supernatural being, claiming that he was actually an extra, extra clever mongoose who had been born 80 years earlier on June 7th, 1852 in Delhi, India. This is a pretty advanced mongoose. Oh, yeah. Extra, extra clever. Evolutionarily speaking, this thing is leaps and bounds amongst normal mongoose. But it's not, it's not over. Okay. He, he, he gets even more self-descriptive. The braggadocious beast would contradict himself even further by stating, Thou wilt never know who I am. I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned to stone, or a pillar of salt. That's some biblical shit. I mean, maybe it's... Yeah, but he still sounds like an asshole. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, well, maybe yeah, it's a, a demon. Bit. And maybe if you actually, like a gorgon, if you lay eyes on him, right. you will. right. But no, it doesn't turn out that way. I don't know. Well, see he's, him just, he's just giving him shit, and he's just like, "You don't know me. You it don't know me. Like, like, you don't know a, who I am. You don't know me." He's more like a trapped genie and a weasel, and he's trying to to worm his way. Oh, that's a good, that's a good hypothesis right there, Chris. Oh, look at he sounds Shannon. like he's being tricky. Yeah. Oh, he's like, definitely being tricky. Not like over evil, just like okay. like mischievous, bordering yeah. on douchey. Yeah. Okay. But this is where it gets really good. At another juncture, he made what was a downright psychedelic proclamation about his identity, shouting, I am the eighth wonder of the world. I am the fifth dimension. I can split the atom. No, man. This <laughs> now, is 1931. Now, this is, now, hold on a second. This might bring this into my favorite Fuck you, fucking... Enrico Fermi. <laughs> yeah. I am I the, got fifth. the fifth dimension. I'm the fifth dimension, <laughs> <Really>? bitch. Skip <laughs> four all together. Yeah. yeah, screw four. What about four? <laughs> yeah. I killed guy, four. Yeah, and the guys, what about four? You'd think about four, wouldn't you? I'm the fifth. Shh. That far ahead of you, Yo, you fat-headed gnome. Wow. Yeah. Hey, calm it down a little. Yeah, Family sorry, program. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Jesus. All right, so this guy, I, you know what, though? I, I was going to come out and say this. Like, I kind of like this guy. Jeff's kind of cool. Well, you know, it depends because when he's know. irascible, all right. When yeah. he's fucking talking about I'm the fifth dimension and shit, you're like, this dude's just a fucking trip. But when he's being an outright fucking douche, and it gets worse. He's kind of reminded me of like some local dudes that we know around here that it might be some aging rock star types that you're just kind of like. That, you mean the people with that reputation for taking that one hit over the line, yeah, sweet Jesus? Exactly, where you're like, I don't want him in my house, but man, he's kind of cool. Yeah, no, you can't meet my family. Oh, yeah, no, like I'll drink and buy weed from you, yeah. but like we can't talk on Thanksgiving. And invariably, <laughs> like, you're going to be under a bridge when you do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know the guy. I exactly. do know. Yeah. <laughs> Criminals. All right. When asked why he remained hidden, rather than presenting himself full-bodied to his hosts. Jeff claimed that he did not want to be seen because he was terrified of being captured or killed. That's a legit fear for a yeah. small creature. Okay. Totally. Despite his reticence to reveal himself, the Irvings would often see Jeff's silhouetted shadow moving across the walls and would watch as it disturbingly and inexplicably changed shape. Oh, that's interesting. So when your body's a fucking shadow puppet, yeah. that's some fucked up when shit. When you're a shadow mongoose... 
Voiré mm. finally managed to snap a photograph of the creature, but with the technology of the era and a distance of some 500 feet, the captured image showed little more than a blur of fur. 500 feet? Where yeah, Jesus you? Christ. What, 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 what I mean, are you doing? Old, I mean, didn't you still need, like, gunpowder explosives for the flash? And <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't the camera to, was one of those. Like, your subject <laughs> had to stand still for 72 minutes to fucking even begin to capture. But let's consider 500 feet. 500 feet. Dude, like if you did that here, with a high def camera now, five hundred feet is past the, the fucking. That's yeah. The, the, the fucking it's train. absurd. Like, it's is what ridiculous. It is. Yeah. Of course, this photo shows nothing. Okay. The fascination the family initially had with the intelligent beast gradually began to devolve into fear, as Jeff proved himself to be a profane, unpredictable, and highly temperamental housemate. Kind of like a like a like a drunk uncle. We were just like, ah, oh, shit, Uncle Jerry's coming over again. A drunk racist yeah, uncle. A drunk racist uncle on, on Christmas. There he began go. to grow hostile toward the Irvings, terrorizing them at night, insulting and threatening them, even throwing rocks at the family. More frightening still, the hateful thing had decided to take what James and Margaret felt was an unhealthy interest in their daughter oh, as he took up permanent residence in the walls of her bedroom. Oh, so he's getting a little fucking pervy with the, with the, the kids. Maybe that's what they're up. assuming. That's real fucked up. With his family under assault by this unknown and apparently diabolical being, James did what any good husband and father would do, protect his family. To that end, he decided that his only recourse would be to kill the scurrying stowaway that had all but taken over his home. So he was taking up arms so, against the mom. So you were asking when you get all the right. trap? It's when you're fucking living in your daughter's bedroom yep. and it's all about night yeah. threats and whatnot. You gotta fucking Jeez. take a stand, I guess. At first, James attempted to poison Jeff, and when that didn't work, he tried to shoot him. But much like the legendary Mad Monk Rasputin, the furry fiend refused to die. I love that you so what, bring what? Rasputin into it. Well, I mean, when you think of somebody that no, doesn't I, die I when know, they're being properly he was, killed, he was he's like, number one. He was hung and shot and poisoned and drowned to cut his dick off and send it to somebody or whatever. But, like, you just bring it up 100%, to 100%, yeah. Much like Rasputin. <laughs> That's probably how I read it when I first got right. it. I'm not saying I did. I'm just saying. Maybe I did. God bless you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this struggle between the truly terrified homeowner and his snarky, verbose, highly intelligent prey went on for months, becoming something akin to an extended, real-life, though decidedly unfunny, Warner Brothers cartoon-style duel. Only the stakes in this conflict were actual life or death. And I can't help thinking. It's like Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny, except right, you're just chasing yeah, there's a super mongers, smart, sarcastic... Yeah douchey mongoose weasel <laughs> living in your fucking house stalking your daughter yeah. and you're just trying to you use all the the tech of the time yeah, well, to the fucking 30s, slaughter yeah. this thing yeah. which probably included traps poisons the shovels guns, shovels guns shovels sundry yeah, ropes guns. I mean, who knows it was the fucking 30s <laughs> sundry ropes various <laughs> types of ropes <laughs> more than one rope available I really got nylon and hemp and what else I'm not sure <laughs> I never shopped the Isle of Man in the 30s, so I don't know the rope fucking stores. Father, I've brought sundry ropes. Thank you. Who would hang the mongoose? God damn it. The mongoose is like, I'm impervious to ropes. So you want but, to know what Jeff did in retaliation? What did he do? The stalk being caused tremendous property damage and spent long nights shrieking horrible threats to the Irvings. Oh, no. That's fucking no way to get a night's sleep. Samuel, you're fucking <laughs> Don't <laughs> I know I'm a fucking Sam Kinison. He's just screaming through the walls. <laughs> I'm going to stab you so fucking hard in your ass. 
You're like, God damn it, Jeff, shut the fuck up. Fuck you! <laughs> Screaming. This only, needless to say, solidified James' resolve to kill the blasphemous beast. <laughs> Sorry. That was until Uh-oh. Jeff proposed a solution squeaking from the walls. If you are kind to me, I will bring you good luck. If you are not kind, I shall kill all your poultry. I can get them wherever you put them. <laughs> going to kill all the chickens? Fuck your chickens. Yeah, really. He then added an but even I'm... more <laughs> ominous addendum to his supposed peace offering by saying, You don't know what damage or harm I might do were I roused. Don't rouse me, good sir. <laughs> wow. Okay. I could kill you if I liked, but it won't. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, all right, it's Peyton. It's Peyton, yeah. I'd kill you right now if I wanted to, but I won't. You're so lucky. Even more disturbingly, Jeff made it clear to James that wherever he may take his daughter, he would not be far behind asserting, I'll follow her wherever you move her. Oh, my God. This, this, but the thing is, I'm reading this. you got to hear it in that squeaky fucking Mel yeah, Blanc voice. Yeah. yeah. High octave. Yeah. Uh, I, I did sort of my Sam Kennison a little bit ago. I don't know. I don't think that really works or not. It probably it. doesn't. I don't think that's quite no, it. Probably not. With that, the frightened family decided the best course of action would be to declare a truce with the pest who clearly had no intention. Of I can't believe this guy couldn't fucking kill it. Well, when you when you can't kill it and it's saying, I can murder you in your sleep, yeah, but I won't. I guess. I'll follow your daughter anywhere. And guess what? Your chickens? Fucked. Yeah. Poultry? Done. I'm going to fuck all, At your, that point, all your chickens just, into hell. You, you know... <laughs> You gotta just fucking call a truce, man. The white flag has to come out because what are you gonna do? You gonna yeah, move? No, I, I mean, yeah, but, you. You, but he made the truce, right? The weasel, well, weasel the, jackal. Yeah, Jeff. it is kind of a weasel jackal. Yeah, it is a weasel yeah. jackal. Totally, it is. He offered like saying, "Hey, you good to me? That's Luck City, buddy." All right, keep fucking around. It's your chickens. Maybe your life. I don't even like why even like if he can't be killed, why why even just kill him? Because unless he's a he needs him for some trickster. Well, I mean, if he can't, if he's proven he's unkillable, then why would he need to even strike? A that's what truce? I'm saying. Yeah, like, what do you do? What's the whole point of he? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, the bother? whole point must be that he must need the family for something, or maybe he really does have some sort of um, attraction, be it you know uh, supernaturally based or whatever, to Voire, or maybe oh, maybe it needs human host interact. Maybe it's just dead up bored, and it's a been psychic parasite I mean, from the fifth dimension. There you go. That sounds like Sam Kinison. And when Ooh. he's not fucking splitting the atom. He just, no. he just wants to have a good conversation, hear what's in the local paper, you fat-headed fucking gnome. Yeah, and he I apparently so. has a, he's a, he's a... What about the other people he into visits? Into the daughter there, which is well, kind of questionable. the other people he visits, he doesn't, strictly speaking, visit like he does the Irving family. Uh, he eavesdrops. He comes in, just, he hears Johnny Jack off in the barn, as Mark said, or fucking, you know... Right, it was Jerry. Miss, Miss Tillerson's hooking up with the farmhand or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. The local vicar. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, what's he doing? You know yeah. it's some shady shit. Yeah. He's always doing shit. Vickers are always doing shit. Fuck. Sorry all right, to all our Vicker so listeners. We're having, <laughs> yeah. So we're having a, a... Jeff is proposing a truce. Yes. All right. So, like I say, at that point, the Irvings decided the, the best course of action is to accept it. To that end, the Irvings began to leave food out for Jeff on a saucer suspended from the ceiling 
replete. I don't know why it had to be suspended from the ceiling. That's so weird. Like, I'll hang the chain and the saucer shall be suspended thereof. Yeah, why? Like, why do you just put it on the floor? Put it on the fucking counter. Yeah, the floor. It's always has. It has to be difficult. It has to be difficult. It's never easy. Not with Jeff. Except for like, I required a a plate. Oh, that seems easy. Really? Yeah. yeah. Suspended from the ceiling. Four twigs balanced and twine. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, really? Uh, Jeff, fucking... really? Can you draw me a diagram? I'm not a fucking what contractor. I'm not even a good farmer. What do you want, Dude, man? Seriously. <laughs> you know what dimension this is. We can't have things here. Like, do I need to use a come along to make this fucking work? Like, what the fuck? What am I going to do? What's even better, though, is the kind of fucking treats they're giving him. Okay. Because it makes me want to be a fucking a Jeff. ghost badger. Right, what's he getting? Biscuits, which I think is cookies in the parlance of the Brits. Okay, I'm not big into biscuits, but all right, whatever. Sausage. I like sausage. Banana. I like bananas. Bacon. Love bacon. And chocolates. That's actually, oh. it's not a bad meal. It's really actually, not bad. You're kind of hitting all their spots. You get, get your sweet, veggies. You get yeah. a little fucking meat. You get some potassium. Yeah, that's, that's, I, that's actually, that's a solid, know, solid bunch of snacks right there. And in return, they would find dead rabbits on their stoop to help supplement their diet. So he's slaughtering rabbits and giving them over. They're giving him whatever I suppose they're eating at the time. Okay, weird. I wouldn't I wouldn't trust a Hassenpfeffer from this dude, but whatever. Oddly. These rabbits appear to have been strangled with tiny hands. Oh no. Rather than bitten to death, which would be a more typical method of killing for a carnivorous predator. According he's, to He's fucking Richard uh, Rosing the fucking palm prince yeah. just like oh, You're gonna fucking die. I'm just, fucking just not sure about that one man. Man, it's so weird. Just imagine being the rabbit and the thing is fucking <laughs> what are you doing? You're like, oh god shit, it's Jeff. <laughs> and it's just fucking it's pulling like a fucking Richard Ramirez type fucking situation on you and next thing you know you're just fucking strangled to death nice. you know they never well they did catch the Boston Strangler I take that they, back yeah, yeah, they, they totally Jesus caught Christ. the Boston Strangler but yeah. Jeff might be the Zodiac killer or he, he maybe this is like some pre-BTK shit I, when he was a mongoose at least with rabbits yeah there you go but I mean the family eats rabbits and it goes on to say here that Jeff turned out to be such a prolific hunter that the Irvings were able to make a profit selling the extra rabbits in the nearby village of Dalby. You can't sell so the murder victims. fucking killing Jesus. rabbits at such a rate that this family that's just fucking living hand to mouth can't possibly eat any more goddamn rabbit. Well, they need to fucking sell the is extra it, rabbit. Is, it, is, it, is rabbit called Hawson? Is it Hawson Pfeffer? Is it what it's called? Oh, it, that's literally the, the Laverne and Shirley theme song, and I know nothing beyond that. Yeah. Okay. It's just I mean, how it's prepared. Am I just, think, am right? I just making it up? I don't know. I, have a shit I know Welsh rarebit is beer and cheese fondue okay, and not involving rabbit, and I can't, I've never Here's eaten rabbit? rabbit. No, I don't I think, think I so. I think I have. I think I have. Is it nice and tender? Is it better strangled? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't re- I think my grandfather made it once, actually. Maybe. Did he have a mongoose problem? No. Jackals? I don't think so. <laughs> I would need a jackal. That'd be weird. Oh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Maybe. Plus, maybe I don't like know. Dogs. I feel like you'll be pissing off some long so dead pharaoh if Probably, you get a jackal. Yeah. yeah. Nah. You'll end up shitting That's what we need right now. Beatles. 2019. What do we need? A long dead pharaoh. <laughs> For what? <laughs> bring back. For what? what, what? Bring back, <laughs> bring back the American what? Egyptian dream. Come on. Bitcoin's crashing. What are we going to bring back? I, we'll pick one. We'll okay, fucking fine. pick one. Whatever. No big deal. In a worrying turn. We're going to get back on point here. Okay, worrying turn. 
Jeff offered to use his unique skill set to slaughter the livestock of any of the Irving's competitors. This is where it's getting weird. Yeah. Because now he's like, like, hey. No, I'm on the team. I'll kill the cows. You know, you know, the millers What's doing so well, the bringing millers. their shit to market. Fuck them. Fuck them all. <laughs> the family declined this offer, but despite his obvious cruel streaks, the Irving soon realized just what a help Jeff had become around the crumbling abode. And it is an old, rocky, fallen apart. And now house. he's turning yeah. into like a productive member of the family. Yeah. Ain't that just the way? I'm Jeff a Damone. guarded their home, warning the family when any uninvited guests or chicken-stealing stray dogs were wandering up the steep hill. And if someone forgot to put out the fire at night, the brilliant beast would go down and extinguish it. That's pretty useful, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He even served as a biological alarm clock, waking the family up when they overslept. It wasn't long before the Irving's strange experiences spread throughout the island, and the entity known as the Dalby Spook, because of its relationship to the village, sure. I assume, became the source of great fear and speculation. Someone pointed out that in 1914, a local farmer had imported some mongoose to kill rabbits, but many thought that the Irving family's description of the creature resembled more the local weasel or stoat. Except that it's fucking talking and killing rabbits. Agreed. Okay. <clears throat> Although there may have been disagreement regarding Jeff's biology, all were in agreement that this thing was no ordinary animal and that it was more likely to be a demon, specter, poltergeist, or even a sprite-like entity merely assuming the shape of a woodland creature. Irving himself would write in a letter, I never said he was a mongoose. I don't even think he's an animal. I think he is a spirit in animal form. Once the word got out about this astonishing phenomenon, the talking creature quickly became a supernatural celebrity and a cascade of noted spiritualists, skeptics, and paranormal investigators made the pilgrimage to Dorlish Cashin to try to suss out the truth about this verbal varmint. One of the first to arrive at the scene was spiritualist book publicist. What a fucking... What a, you can only get that gig in the 30s. Yeah, and you know no. who hates you? Yeah, really. Harry Houdini. Yeah, totally. He hates your fucking yeah. guts. Man. But anyway... One of the first to arrive at the scene was spiritualist book publicist Nora Nichols. After talking to the locals about the phenomenon, she claimed that the general attitude is of outward skepticism but inward nervousness. There is something there, but how can an animal talk? People in the village won't go near the place, and no one will go there at night. So during the light of day, they're all like, ah. Yeah. Right. But at night, they're like, ah. All right. Some of this fear stemmed from the fact that a few folks believed that Jeff was a witch's familiar. You know, the classic. Yeah. Instead of a cat. Sabrina, totally. It's a mongoose. Yeah. And as such, must be serving either Margaret or Voire, or both, in their capacity as practitioners of the dark arts. Thankfully, by the time Jeff's presence became public knowledge, most, not all, but most of the citizens of the Isle of Man had stopped believing in witchcraft and the diabolical punishments that came with it. Well, dodge the bullet there. Yeah. You know, thank God everyone's not fucking I mean, it's a fine line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and especially, in, I mean, obviously we're talking, it's funny how connected and modern the whole world is now. I mean, even when we were young, random remote outposts, not necessarily the Isle of Man, but certain places like right. Papua New Guinea and other places... Would be fucking very, very removed. Yeah. Um, so in the 1930s, I mean, you got to think some of these oh, places absolutely. are probably like somewhere between 1928 and 1742. 
like literally uh, in the well, nebulous yeah. void yeah, there. No, no, and, totally. and Isle of Man might have been one of those places. So, All right, well, they're probably <laughs> lucky the pyre didn't get stoked. Totally. During the course of the next few years, Jeff's fame would expand from being a local legend to a full-fledged media sensation. Stories of the mercurial mongoose's exploits would appear in scores of tabloids to the delight of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of readers. Damn, so he's like he's like a oh, fucking he's, like, he's on tour. Like America, shit, like every yeah, it's huge. Right, cool. One newsman even claimed to have not only seen but actually conducted an interview with Jeff. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is where I, this is where I watched Chris's soul leave his body. <laughs> he actually shrank three inches right from it. I can just the see his my heart slump. shrank three his, inches. His, that his day. back is hunching. He's pushing himself into the mic. He's like, Jesus Christ! All right, continue. Maybe it's legit. I want to continue right? to watch Chris shrivel into nothing. So please continue. In an article from the January tenth, nineteen thirty-two edition of the Manchester Daily Dispatch, titled. Man Weasel Mystery Grips Island. Man Weasel Mystery. Queerest Beast Talks to the Daily Dispatch Reporter. Okay. I love Man Weasel. That's so fucking awesome. Weasel of a man. The journalist in question claimed to have heard a voice I have never imagined could issue from a human throat that left him in a state of considerable perplexity and that the people here and at the farm seem both sane and honest as well as responsible folks. So he's saying the voice, inhuman. Oddly enough, I couldn't find any transcripts from the fucking interview. Yeah, really. What does Jeff got to say? No, we don't. We don't get to I'm know that. I would think this thing would be like if it was recorded, it would be just protect. Like it would be there. Like they have, like, like they have like audio recording technology, right? Not just audio, even just transcribe. I mean, this should be big. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like if some shit happened, it would be in there. Well, like I say. There have been like at least three books that I know of, probably more. The most recent one was published within the last, I don't know, five or ten years, and it's oh, a wow. 400-page book. I wish I could give it a direct shout-out. I can't. Um, all about Jeff? All about Jeff. God So damn. it is a, I mean, it was, like say, millions of people followed it. The royal family followed it. I mean, it was a big Shit. fucking to-do. All right, cool. So you're right. Probably somewhere this interview is recorded. Because all someone had to do Man, was so go Jeff to the is, archives Jeff is like of the Instagram Manchester Daily. That's what I mean. Like, the fuck? Instagram. Oh, yeah. Fuck a grumpy cat. Yeah. He's got, it's all about Jeff. Jeff the Mongoose. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. It's on. <sighs> no one's, even, no one's even really seen him. As Jeff's notoriety increased, an American promoter offered the Irvings the staggering amount of $50,000 if they would allow him to exhibit Jeff. But... Much to the all but destitute Irving's chagrin, although the impish animal would speak and sporadically throw stones at wary curiosity seekers, he steadfastly refused to physically appear before anyone but the family. So he was appearing to the family. He okay. was appearing to the all family right. at this point. Okay. All right. Founding editor of the BBC's listener magazine, Rex Lambert, Rex Stanton Lambert, nice. if you want to oh, be specific, is, uh, and acclaimed well. ghost hunter and paranormal investigator Harry Price visited the farmstead wherein Price bore witness to liquid drizzling from the wall. The mm. substance was quickly identified as Jeff's urine. <laughs> Wait a minute. Jeff pissed. Jeff well, is just pissing down the wall. Why not? I mean, what's what's not? What 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 would surprise you at this point in this fucking exactly. story? Jeff pissing down the wall. That, like, I'm Fuck no, you. That's completely normal. Totally, totally. At this point, I we're going to lose Chris. I, Rob, I, bring it back. We're going to lose Chris. I, I actually am more inclined to think it's ectoplasm. It's some spiritual okay. right. residue. Or but it's who just knows. piss. Or it's just fucking straight piss. Could yeah. Be straight piss. 
Price and Lambert were also presented with a pair of molded plasticine paw prints alleged to belong to the celebrity critter. But analysis indicated that the marks were unlike those of any known mammal, leaving the mystery of Jeff's identity open to interpretation. Or obvious hoax, or it's not a fucking mongoose or a weasel or a stoat, whatever okay. the fuck a stoat is. Sure, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a short-tailed Irish weasel, but I'm not okay. 100% sure. Whatever. I mean, it's, it is what it is, it's a varmint. The twosome would eventually collaborate on a 1936 book entitled, all right, so we do have one, okay. The Haunting of Cashin's Gap, A Modern Miracle Investigated. Intriguingly, Lambert almost lost his job when retired Colonel Sir Cecil Levita accused him of being off his head for looking into the reality of a paranormal weasel. Lambert retaliated with a slander suit, which eventually won him the princely sum of seven thousand pounds in damages. Okay, that's well, fucking banking. All right, well, yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. Despite this victory, Lambert and Price were skeptical of the whole affair and claimed that it was Voire who had created the legend by learning to throw her voice and slaughtering rabbits on moss. Oh well, okay. That, that's a I was actually that, that was one of the theories I was going to toss out. We're, there, we're, okay. we're going to have a lot to okay. deal with. Others insisted that a twelve-year-old girl would never have been able to master the art of ventriloquism or be exposed to such salacious jokes as Jeff was renowned for. I don't know about that. Well, yeah, I mean, really. but then I again, mean... you're right. If you're talking about like a twelve-year-old <laughs> or thirteen-year-old girl today, yes, you're exposed to the world. But on the Isle of Man. It's, there's another point oh, that'll right. be mentioned soon. Right. She, didn't, she didn't have playmates like at all. Like there was right. no other kids near her. She just you basically mean, was alone. You with meet her fucking one parent. old salty fisherman and you got dirty jokes for days. Fair enough. There you go. We're gonna leave, we're gonna leave that open. All right. These true believers also insist that Jeff was aware of the private details of neighbors' lives that Voiré would never have been privy to. Some of the secrets proved so scandalous that many involved believed that the creature was not merely a keen eavesdropper, but also must have been actually clairvoyant to possess the keys to so many skeletons in so many closets. Uh, he went deep, dark, hot gas. Yeah. Oh, truly. Boy, all right. Another theory proposed that Voiré, a lonely child living alone with her older parents in an isolated stretch of backwater with no other children to play with, as I just mentioned, concocted the whole mess in order to convince her parents that Dorlish Cashin was haunted by a malicious being, thus forcing the family to move back to the mainland she never knew. That's okay. Scooby-Doo as fuck. Yeah, it is, yeah. While there can be little doubt that these were unusual and sad circumstances in which to be raised, researchers that were there to witness poltergeist-like activity and hear Jeff's voice admitted to being at a loss as to how the entire family, much less a child working alone, could have pulled off such an elaborate hoax stretching over years and in front of both hardened skeptics and sympathetic paranormal enthusiasts without giving up the ruse. So this is a prolonged, years-long series of events with people that want to prove them wrong, with people right. that do not at the same time. They're just, I'm not saying it's impossible. None of us are saying it, but they suggest okay. that it would have been a bitch. All right. Still others point out that ancient lore from across the globe, ranging from biblical and Egyptian texts to Native American, Roman, Chinese, Greek, Scottish, and even Hindu mythology, to a collection of archaic Indian animal fables known as the Panchatantra, all deal with the existence of powerful deities who assume the forms of animals and communicate with human beings. These figures run the gamut from mischievous tricksters, you know, all those like Native American trickster yeah. gods and, and even Norse, uh, and nefarious fiends to intermediaries between the human race and otherwise unknowable gods, as well as sh shamanistic healers. The secretaries of the gods, yeah. Basically, yeah. Right. Ambassadors, maybe. 
Could Jeff belong to this ancient pantheon of mystical beings? As the years went by, Jeff's appearances became more sporadic within and outside the walls of Dorlish Cashin, and by 1938, he was never seen or heard from again. In 1945, James Irving died, and his wife and daughter moved away from their home, taking a huge loss in the resale value of the house, as none of the locals were interested in owning, much less living in, a notoriously haunted, I guess, gap. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I would pick it up. Well, it's different. Does it Today, come with Jeff? You you know if you could if you could no. buy the Amityville Horror <laughs> no. House complete with like the original windows that they foolishly took out, you could probably Ooh, sell yeah, that Jesus for like Christ. three times the market value right. now, <clears throat> and and maybe I don't know, depending on zoning laws, turn it into like a fucking Airbnb for fucking oh, paranormal yeah, tourists. Totally, yeah. But this is like still you know right. the 1940s, and it's a small community, and they're like, I believe there's potentially evil there. I don't want anything to fucking do with it. Or you're just getting a decent, uh, you're getting a super good deal and a great piece of property. And too. That's apparently what happened. There you go. Some are convinced that the events that took place at the Rocky Farmhouse represent one of the most incredible paranormal events on record. Others believe the whole affair was nothing more than a seven-year hoax. But if indeed it was a hoax, then to what end? The Irvings were undoubtedly an impoverished family, but they seemingly made no real effort to monetize or exploit their experiences for profit. Some have suggested that James, a failed farmer, created the stunt merely to boost his standing in the community. But to be the subject of constant fear or ridicule hardly seems to be an improvement. Decades after the events at Cashin's Gap had all but faded into obscurity, Voiré was tracked down by author Walter McGraw, who interviewed her under the condition that he would not reveal her current place of residence. So that must be the mid-70s. Voiré stated in no uncertain terms that the events were not a hoax, but that she wished they had never happened. She went on to admit that she despised Jeff for all of the pain and humiliation he'd caused her and her mother, both of whom, unlike the gregarious James, had loathed the publicity at the time. Voiré even went so far as to say she thought that the seven-year series of events had ruined her life, claiming, We were snubbed. I had to leave the Isle of Man, and I hope no, that no one here where I work now ever knows the story. Jeff has even kept me from getting married. How could I ever tell a man's family about what happened? When asked if she had been concealing any psychic or ventriloquism skills, she responded, they said I was a mental or a ventriloquist. Believe me, if I was that good, I would jolly well be making money from it now. Voiré would maintain until her dying day that as bizarre as it might have been, her family's accounting of the events that occurred at Cashin's Gap were 100% true. Shit. And that's that's the big question. You know? All right, <clears throat> we got Jeff. Jeff, the fucking jackal weasel. Yeah, the jackal weasel. The the, the talking mongoose, as the he was famously known. Mongoose. All right, yeah. So, and it's interesting to note that mongoose. I don't know what the plural is. Were released on the island to be, uh, okay. you know, I don't know to keep fucking wild shit in check. Well, he like, said he was fighting snakes. Yeah, he said that he was uh, he was from what New Delhi or whatever. He was like, eighty oh, yeah. years old yeah, or some he was shit. Eighty years old, yeah. born like I think it was July seventh, eighteen whatever. He's the fifth dimension. He can split the atom. He's the next evolution of a weasel. Oh, he also, is the tip of the spear. Yeah, the unfathomable. The, uh, yeah, fifth yeah. dimension. Yeah, all right. he sounds so, like Kanye West. What's that? He, he sounds does. like Kanye West. <laughs> oh my God. Is Jeff Kanye West? Jeff, is this the next Jeff incarnation? Fucking asshole. What if this is how Kanye West started? Was back in the day as Jeff, and then as he evolved into the current Kanye Yeezy, as we call him, that we know. Would it be interesting if, if one of us finally got to approach him and say, like, Were you born in New Delhi? 
July seventh. And then he was like, oh, shit, you figured me out. There you go. He'd be like, if we could get, if we could each get dude. a pair of Yeezys, totally. Oh my god, I'd yeah. sell them immediately. Well, I would, I would keep your pair. That's fine. No, I'll wear them. I would sell them uh, to right, you. Right, okay, because they're mine. Fine. All right. Jeff cool. gave them to me, and I there knew. You go. Jeff, aka Kanye. <laughs> are, we, are we tight enough for Kanye to actually call him Jeff? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Can, can, when, we, when we finally meet Kanye, can we be like, Jeff, what's up? And he's like, Oh, I got you guys. Can Busted. we do that? You think we think we can do that? Probably not. You know what? I mean, he wouldn't talk to us. We know that. But if we were in any Jeff like, Kanye, oh. weird publicity circumstance Either. where he felt like, <laughs> Oh yeah, these guys are legit. I should talk to them. Uh, I, I think he would just probably engage in a real fucked up way. Yeah, he yeah. might. Regardless, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and we could okay. just call him Jeff, and he'd call us and that's Larry, it. and it'd be fucking. All right, on. so uh, Jeff is Kanye West. Episode over. Yep. Boom! Nailed there it. you go. Thank you for joining us. Patreon, Patreon, uh, <laughs> Instagrams. Uh, look forward to our interview with Kanye. All right, so um, obviously we can start off with the whole hoax angle because, as you did bring up in the article here, I'm sorry, I touched your hand there. Oh, it's um, all right. As you did bring up in the article, though, that this was an impoverished family and maybe possibly this was a hoax to try to get them some sort of like notoriety and some money, which clearly didn't work, which I could see being an issue. The only thing is that like maybe it's one of those things where like you're living the lie and it backfires on you, but you got to keep living the lie like Fault well, Metal Man. There's right? definitely some people sure. that, that suggest that. Like, yeah. um, I, I don't remember uh, what the specific case was, but there was this famous pair of American sisters who during, again, that whole spiritualist craze of seances you know the shit that totally infuriated harry houdini like we talked about um claimed to you know be able to create knockings from the other side and then one of the sisters in her old age admitted that she was just cracking her fucking toes yeah and then the spiritualist what was left of that movement lost their shit so much that she recanted her recanting and said no the ghosts were threatening me or some crazy shit she retconned yeah she had to totally retcon her fucking confession completely fucking right she pull a highlander and start retconning shit absolutely so some have suggested that Voire might have somehow heard about these kinds of things and been like, it's better just to stick with it. Right. Because there's no benefit to saying, oh, it was all a bunch of bullshit after the fact. You might as well just... All right. Okay. Sure. But, but so the possibility... I, I still am very skeptical that it was a 12 to, I guess, 19-year-old girl, right. you know, a seven-year span, you know, especially starting at 12. Like, if she had mad ventriloquism skills... Yeah, throwing her voice and, or just doing whatever. I mean, but it's one thing to, like, fool your parents. Right. You know, fucking... Mm. But but to, to fool, like, hardcore reporters from, you know, that would eventually be working for the BBC, but from the Manchester Daily and this and that. Yeah. And, All and, right. and, then, and then paranormal debunkers that are there to make you look like a fool because right. they want to be the one that like stabs Jeff in the heart and raises up and says, look, it was all lies. <laughs> yeah. I've killed the mongoose. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think it would be very the hard for, for even a very bright and probably very lonely and probably very bored child right. to, uh, to pull all of this off over that many years, you know, or conversely, maybe that is just the right mm. recipe you need. It might be the right recipe to, kind of do that, to kick know? it off. I agree. Right. And kids can be extraordinarily bright, and and this girl could have been incredibly I mean, what's, brilliant and what's very not talented. Saying that it's but not that's her, a lot of years. What's to pull not this saying off. that like the family was in cahoots, even though they're like, "Oh, we've been snubbed. I can't get married because of Jeff," which I find it hard to believe. Yeah, you don't have to tell you fucking yeah, that I mean, part of the story. Yeah, I've I've had yeah, you know, lovers I just tell me weirder shit. Like I'm yeah, whatever. You've like, had mm. lovers okay, tell maybe you weirder, not weirder shit. shit. Right, seven maybe years not. with a talking <laughs> mongoose. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's never happened. Some of the women I dated it. were questionable. Not all of them. 
Those that are listening, you know who you are, and thank you for your participation in this experiment. Absolutely. There you go. It's wonderful. Listen, um, I was told I was a werewolf. I still think that ranks fucking less weird. No, that's definitely... Is that weirder than fucking Jeff? Is it no, Rob was a werewolf? Seven full years of a fucking no, Jeff's, talking yeah, marble. Jeff's kids. really weird. <clears throat> that's not official. That was wild <laughs> you speculation. You allegedly have kids. Yeah. They're hunting Yakuza. Anyway, okay, so the possibility of... Uh, this being a hoax or whatever is, you know, obviously... It's out there. It's totally completely there. And it's a legitimate so, concern and, and I can definitely see where you, you would want, especially in the 30s when this shit's kind of like popping up and getting popular, you kind of jump on the bandwagon. Like, we oh, yeah, spiritualism's all yeah, the rage. Totally. Sure. But they're not... Here's the thing. They're dirt fucking poor rock right. farmers <laughs> who are eating strangled rabbits and fucking, I don't know, right. old potatoes. All right, but so we, we're saying Vore why maybe possibly. Why would the dad not... Say he's involved. Say right. the Why would you not explode? Why would you not charge admission to tour, you know, Dorlish Cash people... and, and see if you can see the weasel and, and do whatever? Why wouldn't you publish a book? <laughs> see the weasel. Come on, you want to do I it? I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Oh, God damn, no, no, Pauly Shore. Shore. Fucking Pauly Shore no one is going to do fucking really? Pauly Shore. We but... all saw him at the college. Come on. Uh, that's exactly why I will never. All right, fine. I'm not. I don't even want to tell people I fucking saw. It was so know, it's an embarrassment, really. It's so fucking terrible. I can't even do it. Not a badge of honor. Anyway, so, all right. Let's just say, for instance, that this is not going to be a hoax. Now we're going to bring this into. This is actually some sort of. Are we dealing with a polter? I mean, what are we dealing with? Poltergeist, ghost, cryptid, well, alien. What? There's nothing you the can't take off the table with this yeah, fucking everything. thing. Chris's idea of a genie. I yeah. like a lot. No, I mean, I, I, mean I, would, I, would, I would go with the gin, but yes. Yeah, all right, but, cool. but, but Where do we go with this? What do we lean towards? How do you even right, begin? No, well, well, yeah, let's, let's, let's break down, I'm let's with, break I'm down with Chris some, with a fucking genie. With let's break down gin. some fundamental options. Well, that was way earlier in one the of, One of the things that story I did some research too, that so, demands to be talked about is something I like to call polter beasts. Okay. I don't think they have a real phrase, but here, and I'm going to write down, uh, read some polter of my notes. Beast. <laughs> That's shit we should probably say. <laughs> totally I think Chris made that in a D&D campaign where he lost his voice because he was trashed. And here's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> it's back. worth noting that some notorious poltergeist infestations featured the arrival of decidedly abnormal animals, including the 1716 case of the Wesley family being tormented within the walls of the Epworth Rectory by a poltergeist named, oddly enough, Jeffrey. Is Jeffrey a common demon name? I just don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I guess. <laughs> but here's here, here's the fucking here's the here's the nubbins. Alright, the nubs. In this case, Jeffrey seemed to be accompanied by an enigmatic badger-like creature. <gasps> Do we just crack this motherfucker wide open? Black dogs have also been prominently featured in other poltergeist cases, including the most famous probably of all, oh, yeah. 1817's Bell Witch of Tennessee. Yeah. So black dogs. Uh, a raccoon in another case. Right. Um, so, so what I call polter beasts, but like strange animals that are seemingly part of a paranormal manifestation. Right. You know, it's funny. Not really since the the Enfield case in in, in Britain. I mean, oh, yeah. I know there's been others. Right. Um, and I don't really the follow tripod them. Of terror. Yeah. But yeah, well, the, the Enfield horror is a different. Oh, that's yeah. a cryptozoological. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Thing. I yep. mean, like the one that the Conjuring Two movie was based well, on, right? The 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 whole the family and the possession of the little girl and whatnot, and objects moving. I mean, poltergeist means noisy ghost. We all know that. Um, a lot of them go much deeper. First off, they definitely tend to be surrounding uh, pubescent women. 
All so right. women who are going through tumultuous times, both hormonally, emotionally, right. psychologically, fuck all. Just a tough time for everyone, but especially young women. And so a lot of times poltergeist events seem to manifest around that. Some people say these weird, noisy spirits are attracted to this kind of uh, sort of uh, biological chaos. Other people say that it is a psychic manifestation of said psychological and biological chaos that is enforcing itself on the world and and basically pretending to be an outside thing when right. it's really the child that's manifesting it i i don't have an opinion on that per right. se but yeah so it's like odd that a lot of other like weird territory. shit seems to be appearances of odd incongruent <laughs> not necessarily animals that look like animals like they okay. seem smarter or they're acting in ways that are just sort of ominous and whatnot so polter beast <laughs> is something we got to fucking throw out there it's a cat with a cell phone you're like why the fuck is a cat that's, a that's cell fucked phone. up that's that would be perfect in a poltergeist case like and looking at you like you know he's texting somebody about you yeah like this fucking guy's looking at me fucking thinks it's all cool it's like what i do like in wegmans when i don't want to talk to anybody ever and just looking at my phone pretending to just type whatever no one makes eye contact with me. It's like, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me oh alone. Oh my God. Are you really that desperate really to that. avoid no, mild okay. interactions Dude, with yeah, strangers? On, really? some, on some days, it's Welcome real hard. Welcome to 2019 America. Yeah, yeah. that's some days, I just don't want to talk. I don't want to be talked to. I just, I just want to be left yeah, alone. Yeah, how many fucking random people are approaching you in the fucking meat aisle? No, it's like in line. I, yeah. Again, I've stood in, I don't know how many yeah, fucking just, tens just, of thousands of fucking time. checkout lines. Random conversations are not one of the main problems I face. My mom says I'm approachable. Oh, <laughs> so there. My mom said. What the hell? Oh, wow. All right. I don't know what to do with that. Well, my mom said I'm approachable, so I have yeah, to. There, people approach me. All the Fair time. enough. Not really. All right. I'm actually quite friendly. The other thing that, that of course, immediately came to mind, and I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners, are these trickster gods. There's all sorts of them. Yeah, Obviously, totally. Native American lore is chock full of them, but mm. we're talking Southeast Asian. I mean, I listed a ton of them. Scottish. Sure. La, la, la. Egyptian text, biblical text. Animals that either have the preternatural ability to communicate with humans or non-animalistic intelligences that are either assuming the form or inhabiting the bodies of right, said right. animals. <clears throat> I think one of my favorite ones is the Ikatomi, which is uh, like a Sioux trickster god, and it's a spider. It literally means spider in their language, but fucking, but there's, there's a raccoon one somewhere, and my other favorite is Hanuman, which is, of course, the Hindu oh, monkey, the monkey king, guy, right? yeah, which totally. they turn into a billion Hong Kong movies that are fucking oh, sure. awesome. And I think there's shows. one, like, right now that's that's happening There's right now been probably 50 adaptations over the yeah. years it's in both india and china um and so intelligent animals interacting with people both for their benefit to their detriment and often just mischievously hanuman's a perfect example of that mm-hmm. like i say native american lore coyote things on okay. and on. so so we have to at least include this because totally. it's not like uh like chris was saying celtic lore scots the Irish, right. surely the Isle of Man, wedged somewhere in between, um, might uh, might well have creatures of this sort of ilk, if they do indeed exist. Yeah, yeah totally. There, I'm, there yeah. is probably a creature attached to every god of every pantheon. I would assume, yeah. I would, uh, yeah. Most assuredly. It just goes yeah. on and on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, from Abrahamic religions to right. old mythologies to whatever. So... Is this thing, as some have suggested, maybe a protector, not something that's meant to be a scandalous, maybe, you know, like any number of things. Like you can watch American Gods and see like modern twists on like classic, you know, deity themes. Maybe this guy likes fucking salty sea songs and home on the range with the dirt and 
so the idea that that you know how well going back to ultra terrestrials and other things obviously the one theory is they feed on your fear and that's that simple but the other idea is these entities from higher levels of existence that just happen to see more than we do know more than we do interact on a deeper way and like q of star trek the next generation fame are trying to elevate humanity through basically annoying the fuck out of you and these crazy tests where they just seem petty and frustrating and assholeish but in the long run it's really for your own good yeah like could yeah, this be that. one of those things that was interacting with his family because it's trying to bring them to and obviously Voare didn't feel that way at the end of her life she yeah was no like, i mean her well, mom, yeah, yeah, I her her mom about it one of the fruits of it, that yeah. uh encounter yeah, no, it, it ba- she, Jeff backfired on that one. If he I, he fucked that oh, pooch well, hard, maybe he did, or maybe she had some sort of revelation. I mean, they right. say to her dying day, she never did, but maybe yeah. on her deathbed, um, Jeff showed up and's like, "You get it?" And she's like, "I do, Jeff." <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I get it now. And then she does like a weird little mongoose fist bump. Thanks, Jeff. Oh and yeah, little, like, little yeah. three finger, one thumb Boop. fist bump. So yeah, I, okay, I, I can see that too. So if we are gonna look at this as some sort of like paranormal or spectral entity or whatever i mean i guess like chris said before everything's on the table it could literally be fucking anything and everything like it's just it's there um interestingly enough though you know uh, because it it is taking i kind of like you said earlier like the exorcist like thinking about like could this be some sort of like demonic you can't at all ignore that possibility talking about like a genie um which obviously falls into the whole paranormal umbrella but it doesn't seem like it's some so much of a torment because it made a fucking it made a deal with them like oh you, it's you torment give, you but if if you give me some treats I'm gonna bring you some fucking rabbits which is kind of a weird like coming to terms there's, with each there's other. no seemingly really weird yeah no purpose for anything that this no, thing does exactly no. it just shows up and it's like fuck you you fat-headed gnome it's and just read a your jerk, papers but a fun jerk and then it's like actually threatening yeah then it actually turns into and a, then it strikes asshole. a deal and yeah. is helping your family out well what if it's like literally like the equivalent of rocket raccoon where it's just this thing and it's like i i look like this thing i'm smart right. i don't belong here i'm from another fucking dimension or a parallel world or an alien or fuck all i didn't want to bring and up- i'm just interacting with these people and you know what i i just want to fucking yeah eat some food hang out make a friend but i'm also better than you but right. i'm not like i've been hurt a lot of times very rocket raccoon like so, I'm, it I'm, sounds I'm like guarded but i'm also super loyal sounds like two or three guys that we all know actually yeah, oh, but totally. yeah but it, totally it must have just like a, appeared because it like didn't know shit and then all of a sudden within yeah it was a, fucking, a short period of time it learned hebrew he in flemish yeah yeah really in yeah. a billion different fucking lights so i what i think it this is okay yeah i was gonna say let you know what let's break it down christopher if you've ever seen the movie phenomenon with john travolta i remember that like somebody who got he was, is he was, he's an angel he's not no that was the other one he did michael like literally back to back it seems okay. like like right after pulp fiction he made these two really weird movies yeah. i think okay where where, where does face he's, off okay never mind and no, that's off. not relevant. I love Face All right, Off. All right, so I, I don't really remember not, Phenomenon, except that it was a guy who he wasn't that bright. Wasn't who that bright, became... and he got a tumor, and then he he became super high IQ and had like telekinesis, okay, and all these fucking powers. So it's just it's it's a weasel who. Uh, Got a tumor. What, what are you doing? Is it like powder or no? Can, can Not we... powder, but okay. Okay. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, oh, sure. Why, why sure. did you go sure. there? I'm just making sure. I got Nobody nervous. talked I'm like, about powder. Man, I just gave me a face. I'm like, should I stop talking? <laughs> no, like, what no, the no, fuck no. are you I doing? Thinking, I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about powder or not. I got nervous. All right, sorry. Continue. Uh, Screw everything. <laughs> powder. <laughs> Trying to talk about Travolta. All right, so I got nervous. The wizard got a tumor and it got smart, and then it died. Fair. 
Yeah, you know what? That's a fucking wow. good idea. All right, weasel actually. got a tumor, got smart. So died. the weasel got That's a tumor. That's why you didn't say it. The weasel got cancer, much like Travolta, developed a tumor, and then all of a sudden became fucking like hyper smart. Yeah. And could like talk and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Fuck. All right, you know what? And then he died. We've talked before about. <laughs> I don't know. Because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> of course you have to die they, immediately. They didn't see him again. <laughs> Never been oh seen my again. god! Yeah, they died. He's fucking yeah. dead. Like powder. The powder. Oh my god! Stop. <laughs> powder died. Never <laughs> mentioned that fucking movie the sky. again. <laughs> he lightning up to the clouds. Oh, he was so pale. <laughs> he was. Yeah, I had We've that. I, I had that nine inch yellow shirt that he was wearing before about the Akashic record. That whole tapestry of oh my knowledge God. and revelation okay. that exists that's why people tend to invent the same thing at around the same time people say i'm not saying listen i'm not saying i i believe in it i'm not saying i don't believe in it but it goes back to hindu legends it goes right. early buddhism lo, lo, really ancient uh, earthen cultures for okay. lack of a better term go back to this idea that all knowledge kind of exists in this place and that you tap into it, which okay. is not to say individual accomplishment doesn't count or you don't have to be bright enough to get it like einstein but you can do it Weasels aren't supposed to, but what if it did? Because of Chris's aforementioned tumor, okay, it had a tweak in its brain. It wasn't like 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 a, like some <laughs> anesthesiologists say the brain is a radio that the soul broadcasts into, and then your body is just the speakers. So you're a boombox, and fucking and nine oh nine point seven is broadcasting you from wherever. What if it was never supposed to broadcast through a fucking weasel? But because of the tumor, the fucking gears got switched, and you got fucking Super Jeff. Okay. I mean, are, are we going to all agree that it's a weasel with a tumor? <laughs> so we're going to well, agree yeah, well, I mean, I'm there. Accessing way. You the Akashic record. I'm there. Okay, well, he thinks it's the Akashic <laughs> record. <laughs> I just think he got a tumor, became sentient. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying he just became surly I was totally yeah. with Chris with all the right, fucking tumor right. and everything but I just don't think a tumor and a weasel is going to make it brilliant I think something's got to happen accesses no. no because then because <laughs> speaking seven right. languages in a hot minute plus it's lived for 80 years and it could always understand sure. language but all it right. couldn't fucking speak until it moved it, in with the goddamn monosymbolic Irvings yeah okay. it's, it's lying because it's smart I really don't yeah, know that they, know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they might have been really eloquent I shouldn't have really thrown them under the bus like that alright so Chris is going with a with a, a weasel with a tumor. So, right. yeah. now, he's going with a tumor plus magic. Yeah, plus magic. No, All not right. magic. It's magic. All right, what do you got? It's magic. It's magic. Pseudoscientific it's super magic. magic. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're going to go with, really? I'm going to go with, well, we're, all, we're both going with tumor weasel. All right. I'm just adding <laughs> the Akashic record brain receiving mayhem because it doesn't make sense that it's demonic, like you say. It would have a more diabolical, like threatening to kill you and saying, I'm not going to do it. If it would just got progressively worse or Voire got possessed or Margaret fucking started banging her crucifix or any number of classic Jesus demonic Christ. shit, then, then I would enough. say maybe demonic. Yeah. Or, or fucking something else. All right. But All right. you don't have, and, and trickster God, maybe, but I mean, it doesn't seem like it was really imparting any great fucking wisdom or anything no, good. It, but then it, again, it was killing. Neither did the Mothman. But I mean, it, it was killing no, yeah. rabbits and protecting them from, you know, well, intruders. Once they had a truce so. and it had his fucking ceiling plate of chocolate and biscuits. And, and sausage, then fucking, don't forget. Then suddenly all rabbits' throats be damned. Yeah, seriously. It goes Could you imagine fucking, like just a pile of fucking uh, strangled bunnies? 
little hand. Dude, yeah. I, oh. oh god. So oh, god. I think I think yeah, we're on we're on the tumor weasel bus. Tumor weasel. All right. I'm just throwing in that added thing because I just don't think the tumor is going to be enough. I think you need magic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Originally, my original idea was because he said I am the fifth dimension. I can split the atom. I thought, oh, maybe this is some sort of interdimensional marmot. That's actually that you, you had the one through. chance. I know I did. Your one chance you know to go interdimensional. I'm not, I'm not fucking doing that. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to go with my fucking brothers on this one. My fucking dude. You know what I'm going to go with? A fucking tumor weasel. It's a weasel. It's a fucking tumor. There you go. We're all in the same boat. I'm willing to believe. Cancer sucks, but if you're a tumor and you're in a weasel, all of a sudden the weasel becomes smart. Is that how cancer works? No. It's not. Not unless you tune into the goddamn Akashic Records. Into the Akashic Records. There you go. But he, he might have originally been from the fifth dimension. I mean, I'll give you that if you need it. I, I, I do we toss that caveat in there? Do we really? Do no, that? he doesn't have to. He can be a standard mongoose. I mean, he that stowed away on a fucking merchant ship. He technically landed in the Isle of Man. Where he was from? Is a guy from the fifth dimension? He's so lying. he said it. He's I lying. mean, but is he really? What if he's yeah, not? dude? He's got. How's he going to split the atom? He doesn't even have a reactor. He doesn't have access to this equipment. Oh, what if he's a he's a mongoose with a tumor, but he also he's. He's got like a multiple personality thing happening. What well, if he's a I mean, mongoose he from the future who worked in a reactor? That's how he got the tumor. Because in the future, mongoose are a part of the workforce because of automation. Boom. Andrew Yang, 2020. No, he's, he's wow. just a psychopath. <laughs> that is a bizarre fucking political plug there right there. <laughs> he's a psychopath. That's all. All right, so there you have it. Um, so I mean, possible future mongoose, definitely tumor related. Maybe the Akashic Records involved. Probably not demonic. Um, and, and, and there's a nuclear reactor. Okay. Somewhere. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm on board. Like, is this how Chernobyl started or ends? It really feels like that probably had something to do with it. Okay. I mean, this is the one, I think the one definite paranormal where we just ignore the paranormal, but you know, I like that about us because we're going off track. You it's know, good. as Arthur C. Clarke said, any scientific advancement significantly, you know, above what we're used to, I'm paraphrasing. Is going to appear to be magic. Right, so cool. it's only magic in the sense that we don't get the science. The fact that we're trying to do the science, right? It means we're us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. There is. There's Jeff. There's Jeff. There's the Jeff. talking mongoose. All right. Thank you all so very much for joining us. Uh, as always, Insta's, Twitter's, and Facebook. Check us out there. Facebook fan group. Check us out there as well. Uh, Patreon dot com slash yeah. podcast there you go you can contribute there thank you all so very much for your contributions we got a couple of episodes we just launched that are pretty fun and alcohol soaked oh yeah so check oh, those boy. out our uh, ratings and reviews are always appreciated itunes simple podcasts thank you all for leaving those and uh we got merch t public check it out buy it there um and just hit us up on the whatever channels you want to talk to us on and just say hi or you know send us your ideas or theories we actually get a lot of really cool like theories from people for different yeah absolutely which is pretty cool um so there you have it and i'm talking to you soon laters did we really bring it down to a mongoose with cancer down i mean it it is is most that's the best answer i mean i I think there's other ingredients filtering in but at its core He's a fucking tumor mongoose. All right, cool. Well, Solved. There you have it. All right, and uh, we'll be talking with you. God damn it. Bye. Son of a bitch. <laughs> fucking done. <laughs>